Today's Bible reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 23 to chapter 5, verse 12. It's on page 785 from the Church Bible. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God. Great. Well, thank you, Maria, for reading. Why don't we pray together? Our Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his words, his amazing teaching. We just pray that you would help us all to concentrate, help us to listen. Please speak deep to our hearts uh, about Jesus, about your gospel, uh, about the wonderful blessings you have in store. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. Well, yeah, we're starting a new series for the summer uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, this very, very famous series, uh, very famous sermon by Jesus, uh, his famous teaching, you know, uh, about, uh, well, anger, it's already like murder, those kind of things. It's really uh, high standards. That's the thing. I don't know what you think of high standards. So, for example, uh, Hospitals here in Hong Kong, they're pretty good, right? You don't end up with a disease or an infection because there's really high standards of cleanliness, unlike maybe some other countries. High standards are good. Then again, maybe you want your child to go to Hong Kong U and they can't get in because the, the standard's too high, right? High standards, they're, well, they can be good or they can be not good. And you have that with the Sermon on the Mount, right? It's so widely admired is this beautiful teaching. It's not just what you do on the outside, but what goes on in your heart. Uh, love for enemies. I mean, it's, everyone admires this teaching. And yet obeying it, I think, is hard, right? If you have ever looked at it, 5 verse 48. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I mean, you can't get a higher standard than that, right? Be perfect. And so there you are in your office or at home, and Jesus says, okay, be perfect, you know? Uh, Jesus wants us to obey this, though, all right? It's for his disciples, 5 verse 1, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. 
his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Uh, this is for his disciples, for those who've come to Jesus. Uh, he says, uh, blessed are you when you're persecuted because of me. This is not just general teaching for everyone. This is, this is how I want you, my disciples, to live. And then you, you read the rest of the New Testament. You read Romans or James or 1 Peter. And it's very clear the apostles thought, yeah, we should obey this. But it's tough, right? Hong Kong is already tough. Work is so demanding. Uh, the focus on, on money and the problems that brings. And then you're a Christian and it's even tougher, all right? Because Jesus says you cannot serve God and money. Uh, and your marriage is strained and Jesus says, well, divorce. Well, if you divorce your wife, you make her commit adultery. Uh, uh, you're angry with your boss. Well, you've already murdered him in your heart. You know, being a Christian, it, it's a lot of work. Fighting sin, making Jesus known, being loving and generous. Uh, don't join the world and they'll be against you. And now we're going to have a whole summer looking at Jesus' most demanding teaching. And uh, you will feel like a failure, I think. I do. And that's why we need this passage. That's why we need this, this prologue, this introduction. It's Jesus goes around preaching the good news of the kingdom. Jesus came to bring good news. And today's passage, basically, it provides the context. I mean, context matters a lot. As someone says to you, I want you to be here tonight. I have something planned. Now, it really matters who says that. Is that your spouse or is that your boss? Right? Makes a big difference <laughs> what kind of plans there are for tonight. Now, we need context. And this gives the, yeah, the bigger picture of this sermon. And I hope it makes us glad to be disciples of Jesus if we're Christians. And if you're not a Christian, that you will want to follow Jesus. That you see that, yeah, this is worth it. And why? Well, three things. First of all, promised fulfillment. Promised fulfillment. The Old Testament, you know, it's a big book. Lots of things happen, but it always looks forward to something greater that was to come. The kingdom of God. And brought by the Messiah, God's King. And you see here, Matthew's Gospel after the whole introduction... And you can see this is the real thing that we've been waiting for because Jesus just bursts on the scenes and he goes around, as it says, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. And Jesus, this amazing guy who heals well, every sickness, every disease, he's really the, the Messiah, the king with all authority, with the most extraordinary teaching. I mean, no one's ever done this, right? I mean, we talked about these hospitals, and here's Jesus and all the crowds to him. Here you go to the hospital. That doesn't happen, right? You don't go to the hospital and they will instantly heal every disease and sickness you have. Even with 2,000 years of medical science since Jesus, we can't do anything like this. No one can do this. And many of us, we, we suffer we have illnesses, we have family members with conditions, and yeah, the hospital can't help them. No other figure in history has done this. 
And so we can see Jesus, wow, that's the real thing. And, and it's not just his miracles, there's also his, his teaching. Because, of course, the big focus is here is, is teaching. And it's almost like the real thing, not just miracles, but the real thing in terms of the, the law for the people of God. Because he goes up on a mountain, and if you're an Old Testament Jew, you think this is like Moses. You know, remember the Israelites, God brought them out of Egypt and he brought them to Mount Sinai and he taught them the law. He taught them how to live as his people. It's kind of how he made them his people. Now you're my people. This is how I want you to live. And that is exactly what's going on here. Jesus is doing the same thing. He has this crowds. He goes up on the mountain, calls his disciples. This is how I want you to live. It's like the fulfillment of you know, the, the, the Old Testament law. I mean, not that we keep, this is the same kind of covenant, but it's, it looks a lot like it. You know, I don't know, if you've signed a few rental contracts, you know they, they have a similar format, right? Party one, party two, here's some conditions, some signatures at the end. Well, this looks a lot like an Old Testament covenant in terms of, you know, a prologue and a role and demands, sanctions. And so here is the king bringing fulfillment, bringing the true law, God's true standard of how his people should live. And again, this is the greatest teaching ever, right? You know, like Gandhi, we, we admire him, but actually he was inspired by Jesus. And this teaching here, everyone admires it. I mean, which other religion has such a focus on the heart, on loving enemies? No one. Even our modern culture, maybe it's less in Hong Kong, but in the West, you know, the, so much of society thinks it's, it's so morally superior to the Bible. You know, the Bible is from the Stone Age, and we are so advanced. But what does Jesus say? Hey, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, then uh, turn to him the left one as well. What does our culture, well, the, a lot of progressive people, you know, if someone disagrees with your views on marriage then sue them and bully them and harass them until they, they are ruined, you know? That's really not morally superior. No, no one has such high ethics as Jesus. Even after 2,000 years, it's very clear this is the, the real thing. His teaching, his miracles show this is the fulfillment of everything God has promised, the fulfillment of our hopes, our dreams. And so, well, you want to join in, right? You want to share because here is the new king for the new people and there's no one greater i mean if you don't join in you miss out right i mean silly example um movies so the nice thing about youtube is that you have so many trailers these days and there's a movie coming out and already months beforehand you can watch little clips and interviews with the director and the actors and it's all very interesting but of course, at some point, you know, there's the red carpet and the posters at the cinema and the movie is out. And the thing you should do now is you go and see the movie. All right? You don't just stay at home and, and, and watch YouTube. You go and see the movie. Because this is the real thing that it's all been pointing to. And that is the same with Jesus. You know, for these readers, these Jews who have been waiting for hundreds of years, the time of promise is over. The time of fulfillment is here. Here is the real thing. The true king, 
bringing God's true standards for God's true people, you want to join in, right? It's, you're part of the real thing, and no one else does this. But of course, you wonder that the real what. You know, movies, yeah, I want to see that. What does Jesus offer? And so we need to look now more closely at those, well, those sayings, the, what they call the Beatitudes. And they're very different, right? It's not teaching. It is blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed, blessed, blessed. It's very different. And I think it is about promised grace. Promised grace. That's maybe not what you would expect in such high ethical teaching, that it starts with grace. I mean, it's typical for God, though. He always starts with grace. Remember the Ten Commandments? It doesn't start with commandment number one. It doesn't start with, you shall have no other gods before me. It starts with, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Before we start following, it starts with rescue for people who were helpless and enslaved. And it's the same here. It doesn't say, blessed are the perfect. Blessed are those who are never anxious about money. Blessed are those who have no lustful thoughts in their hearts. Right? It says, well, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Uh, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, Blessed are people who who know there's something wrong with them. There's something wrong with the world. Sin. Our rebellion against God. The way we've we've turned our backs uh, away. uh, Our backs to him. The way we do our own thing. As Peter said. Uh, That is the kind of people. And God says, Jesus says they are blessed. Maybe you wonder, is this about sin? Uh, Maybe this is a lot of Old Testament language. Maybe it's worth uh, turning to Isaiah 59. It's page 605 in the church Bibles, Isaiah 59. Or you can just listen to me. But listen to the kind of people that God promises this rescue to. So Isaiah 59, verse 9. Here are, you know, God's people in the Old Testament. So justice is far from us, and righteousness does not reach us. We look for light, but all is darkness, for brightness, but we walk in deep shadows. Like the blind, we grow along the wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. At midday, we stumble as if it were twilight. Among the strong, we are like the dead. We all growl like bears. We moan mournfully like doves. We look for justice, but find none. For deliverance, but it is far away. For our offenses are many in your sight, and our sins testify against us. Our offenses are ever with us, and we acknowledge our iniquities, rebellion and treachery against the Lord, turning our backs on our God, inciting revolt and oppression, uttering lies our hearts have conceived. And so justice is driven back and righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets. Honesty cannot enter. Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. You can hear it's a confession, right? Here are people, and and, and all our sins are against us, and 
we can't do anything, we're blind, we're helpless. And to those people, yeah, God promises. Uh, the next page, page uh, chapter 61, famous verses. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And, and that is what Jesus echoes. Good news to the poor, comfort for those who mourn. And that is these people who are so weighed down by their sin. Jesus comes and comforts them. And that is wonderful, isn't it? It's for sinners. It's not for the perfect. I mean, come, you can come back to Matthew 5. Is that what you expect? Yeah, this teaching. This is for people who, are, who know they are needy, who know they are helpless, who know they are failures. And, and, and of course, they're not just any sinners. They're sinners who are aware of it, right? There's a lot of people who don't mind their sin. They don't mind the way they're living. These people do mind. They see the sin in them, the sin around them, and they, they mourn. They hunger and thirst for things to be different. Also, of course, it's, it's stuff that's seen in their life. This is real. It's, I mean, blessed are the meek. Meek is behavior, right? That you're humble and you're not insisting on your way. But of course, if you know you're a sinner, if you know you're so undeserving, you don't insist on your way, right? It's, it's an attitude that works out in your life. You know, if, if, I'm, if I'm really proud and insisting on my way, then I haven't understood my sin. Or blessed are the merciful, right? Verse seven, the merciful. Why are you merciful to these other people? Well, because I have received mercy. I know God was so kind to me when I stuffed up. So when, when you stuff up, I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to be merciful because I know I needed mercy. Right? It, it, this, this mourning for sin that works out in your life. Even the pure in heart. Right? Blessed are the pure in heart. And you might think of sexual purity or something. But it's, it's different from that. It's more like a, a single-mindedness. There's no deceit in your heart. You're kind of, you're honest and transparent about your sin and your failings. And so this sermon is very demanding, but it starts with grace. We are God's people by grace. Yeah? Grace. Not by how we live. I mean, Jesus expects us to obey it. And if you hear it and you don't obey it, you're like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. True. He wants us to live this way, but we're not saved because we obey. Rather, we obey because we are saved. And that is so good, isn't it? And if you're here as a visitor and you always think, oh, Christianity is about being good. <laughs> At the heart of it, it's not. At the heart of it, it's knowing that you're not good and that you need help. And, and Jesus offers that. I mean, what other religion has that? And it makes a real difference if you don't have to perform. I know, I, I like driving. Driving is nice, especially in the new territories, not many traffic jams. But can you imagine if you, uh, if you drive your driving exam? Did you enjoy that? 
I think I, I didn't enjoy my exam, even though I liked driving. Why? Well, because you have to perform. You're constantly wondering, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing, am, am I meeting the standard? And then when you pass your license, then you can just enjoy driving and, and help people and those kind of things. Uh, always having one eye on the standard. It's, it's terrible because it, it puts this pressure on you. And standards are hard, uh, but it's the same here. You know, it's so great that you can just relax in some way. Someone is mean to you, you want to love them. And you can just think, how can I love this person? I don't have to think, okay, is this loving enough to meet God's standard? Or is it not loving enough? Or should I do something extra? I don't have to worry about that. God has accepted me. I'm, I'm his child. I can just love people. I don't have to worry. Isn't that great? Especially if, yeah, if it's such a demanding standard. You know, I read this and I want to confess my sins again. I still love myself more than other people, I'm sure. All right? I can see the heart, right? Don't do anything to impress others. Man, that's hard. You know, no, nothing wrong even in your thoughts. No lust, no anger. Then I remember grace. You know, yes, there was an exam. But Jesus passed the exam in your place. And all your failures, your failed exam, he died for it on the cross. And you are now accepted and forgiven and this whole sermon should be read in the light of grace. It is for poor, mourning sinners. You don't have to be perfect. It's just that now that you are accepted, that's why you live like that. And of course, it's not just you are accepted. I mean, what does it mean? Thirdly, promised blessings. Because what do these needy sinners get? Well, the word that keeps coming up, blessed. You're blessed, you're, uh, how happy you are, how privileged, how favored. If you are a Christian, you're so blessed. And why? Well, because yours is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Now you may wonder, well, what is that, the kingdom of heaven? Uh, uh, God's king brings God's kingdom. It's not that, oh no, it's a kingdom rather than a democracy or something like that. The point of a kingdom is that God is the king. You know, right now it looks like Satan rules. It looks like sin rules. That's why it's such a mess, this world. But in the kingdom of God, Jesus is the king. And he will rule and everything will be his way. And if it's his way, it is right. It is good. It is as it should be. Because sin and all its effects are gone. And that's why this is comfort for these people. There's people who are mourning for sin. And the comfort is that God will get rid of sin. And now the tyrants rule the world. The people with power, they get their way. But then the meek will inherit the earth. That's how it should be. People who long for justice, there will be justice. And especially, yeah, we'll be back with God. Right now, because of our sin, we can't be with him. But then... You know, the pure in heart will see God. And the peacemakers, they will be called sons of God, children of God. You'll be there with him. Everything that is wrong since sin entered the world will be gone. No more sin, no more sinners, 
No more effects of sin, no more the damage that sin has done, all the hurt and pain and suffering. That is what we're talking about. The kingdom of God is, is this future world where everything is right and, and nothing is wrong because everything is Jesus' way. You, you can see that that is so big. You can see how the miracles fit in, right? Jesus is making things right. Sick people are healed. That's how it should, should be. But that's not kind of the, the usual thing, right? You go on Twitter or Facebook and people have a luxury holiday and they say, oh, I'm so blessed. Or I've got a promotion, I'm blessed. Maybe you are privileged. But that's, that's not quite this, isn't it? This is much bigger. And it's not just much bigger. One thing we should really notice and know, it's future. Did you notice it's all future? And blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The pure in heart will see God. It's not now. It's later. They will. Of course, those are poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven right now. But it's more like a house. You've signed a contract, but you haven't moved in yet. You haven't been given the keys yet. And this is future. Maybe that's not what people were expecting. They thought the king will come, the kingdom is now. And in some ways it was there. Jesus showed, look, I can bring the kingdom. I can heal everyone. But in another way, it's mainly future. A lot of this comfort is future. And actually, as we had did the reading, life now isn't great, right? Right now we're mourning over our sin. We are longing for justice. In fact, you get persecuted. And verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Right? That is life for a disciple of Jesus. Persecution. And then when they persecute you, you don't fight back. And they hit you, you offer your other cheek. You know? It's not a nice life. I mean, imagine that on Twitter, right? My parents kicked me out for my faith. Blessed. Uh, I lost my job because I refused to lie. Blessed. Uh, and that's Hong Kong. I mean, go to Pakistan or India. You know, the, the mob burned my house because I became a Christian. Blessed. Uh, I'm off to a North Korean labor camp. Blessed. That's not maybe the kingdom you were expecting. It's future. It's not now. But this is what Jesus says, right? If these things happen, verse 12, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I mean, suffering isn't good. This must be awful to have your house burned down by a mob just because you've become a Christian. It's terrible and we should want justice to be seen to be done. But in a way it doesn't matter, right? Because you have a great future. You have this kingdom coming. This, you're blessed because you will inherit the earth. You'll be comforted. Everything will be all right. This great future. And it's important to know, following Jesus now, it's not attractive. Even apart from the demands. And you often won't feel blessed. And you might feel, look, Jesus is not the king, right? How can this be everything that he promised? No, it's future. The kingdom is real. We've seen it in Jesus, but it's future. And by grace, it's yours, though. 
And so it's worth it, right? You want this kingdom. This is what we all want. If we're honest, none of us are happy with the world, with the oppression, with our sin, our sin, other sin, the sin of society, the sin of the culture, uh, the damage of sin, the hurt, the pain, the suffering. None of us like it. Jesus says, I will end all that. I will bring the kingdom. And it's yours by grace. If you just come to me, well, then it's worth it, right? Then you, it's such a comfort. You know, when people joke about your faith, yours is the kingdom. You'll be comforted. Uh, when you're trying to have godly priorities about money and it's really hard in Hong Kong, don't worry. The kingdom is yours. Uh, you, anxiety, trying to be different, failing to do so. It's all there. It's called coming. Jesus will bring it. So you can follow him, right? You are so blessed. I, I hope you get the point. All these things, right, they're good reasons to be Jesus' disciple. This is the real thing. There's nothing else. It's based on grace. It's given out of love. It is a great future that is already yours because Jesus paid for it. You want to follow Jesus. I think that's the thing, isn't it? We're going to have a, you know, it's going to be good for us to hear Jesus' teaching. Good to see how he wants us to live. But keep this in mind, isn't it? Keep the context in mind. Go back to this passage. Go back to, oh yeah, that's right, I'm blessed. When it feels hard. When life sucks, you're blessed. And, and, and encourage others. You know, it's not just you. Maybe your friend is having such a tough time. Encourage them with these words. Encourage them with the kingdom. That's why it's good to keep meeting together, right? It's the summer. It's so easy to just be on your own, to be away from other Christians. Now, let's keep meeting. Let's keep encouraging each other with these great words. We need reminding. Great. Well, why don't we sing about that? Why don't we uh, sing a great song of our great future? There is a higher throne.